is the Evan York Podcast. Hannah Wallace, thank you so much uh, for joining me today. Of course. Um, so you're an agent in the DFW market. You uh, have experience in multiple capacities, which we'll talk about, but been in DFW 25 years, um, been in real estate for 15 as a lender and then full-time agent for the last six years, which is really exciting. Um, you do a lot of other things as well. You flip houses, work with investors, you deal uh, with first-time buyers and relocations. So tell us a little bit about, you know, you started off as a lender. Um, tell us how that began where did the interest come from? And then what was the progression like into becoming an agent? So being a lender, you, so when I was a lender, we were back in 2001, right? Refinancing was all that anybody was doing. Purchase rates were really high. So I became a lender and loved it. Like I love the number part, I actually miss it sometimes. And I've always had a passion for real estate. I wanted to be a realtor when I was 10 years old. I remember wow. begging my parents to, let's go to that open house, please. I just want to see what it looks like to even being a teenager and just slipping into open houses right. on my own. I just I always had a fascination of wanting to redo my mom's house, mm. wanting to re-landscape her whole backyard. Just I've always loved everything about houses. So yeah. um, after I had my third child, my youngest daughter, I told my husband, I'm just going to take the plunge. You know, before I've always wanted to be a realtor, but it's hard because it is 100% commission. Mm -hmm. Being a lender, you you either have that salary or you know you're getting guaranteed commissions. Um, so he said, let's do it. Um, I became an agent and it was really good. I mean, it's I was able to match my salary in that first year, but it did come with hustle. <laughs> It did come with tears. It did come with a lot of work. It wasn't as easy as most people think it is yeah. to jump into. Well, it, I find that I always kind of talk about real estate agents as like the sales team yeah. out there because they're the ones out there hustling, taking right. people to houses. And th so that must have been a kind of a culture shock going from being in the office to yes, all over town now. Totally. So I sat behind a desk. 10 hours a day and if my kids had a soccer game I took my laptop to the soccer game and that's as as mobile as I was yeah <laughs> so being a realtor you live in your car so right people always say where's your office and yeah. technically I have a brick and mortar in Frisco but I point to my car that's my yeah, office it's like everywhere I, that's where I eat lunch that's where I yeah. have my breakfast that's where yeah, wow. that's where it all happened. So starting, you know, going from the lender background, that mm -hmm. clearly has given you an edge. Absolutely. And I think that is my edge for, especially with first-time home buyers. You know, you get these buyers that don't know what they need to bring as far as the down payment, or if they have enough money to buy a house, they don't know about programs. So I feel like I stay in my lane as a realtor now and let the mm -hmm. lender handle that. Um, but it does give me an edge to have that background knowledge of, okay, you're doing a VA loan. This is what that means. This is yeah. what you're required to do. Um, you know, all the way to the inspections. You need a termite inspection with the yeah. VA loan. So just, right. it gives me an edge on knowing what's required for different loans and to try to keep that borrower on, on track. Yeah, that's great. And, and yeah. uh, you know, what I see all the time is it's, I don't know if it's sad or surprising, I guess not surprising, but just the lack of education there is out there for people that are 
I mean, especially first time home buyers. Right. Uh, there's just not the knowledge of, I mean, everybody thinks they have to put, you know, 25% down on a house as a first time home buyer or right. things like that. So it feels uh, like there should be a class taught in either high right? school or college I or agree. something, you know, home buying 101. Yeah. So <laughs> everybody some, should have to take it. Absolutely. Cause everyone is going to do it at some point. Yeah, absolutely. So that's great. Um, so having that background of lending do you have now being an agent do you have sort of a, a target uh customer is it the first time home buyer is it the veteran buyer do you have someone that you like to work with mainly i like working with everybody mm. but i do love working with first time home buyers because i remember being one and not yeah. knowing what i knew back then <laughs> And it's scary, and you don't want to be taken. Right. Um, so I do like I like FHA buyers. I like VA buyers. I like conventional buyers. I just I gravitate towards first-time home buyers just because it's fun educating them. I have the very seasoned buyer and seller, and you know sometimes it feels like you're in the way of their ego because they already know everything. But first-time buyers are just so, um, they're just easier to work with. Being on that journey of excitement with them, you were part of that first-time experience with them, and they'll always remember you. Right. Going so. from apartment yeah. or <laughs> rental to owning. Exactly. Do you find that first-time home buyers, do you find that there are certain things that they miss over and over and over again? Are there things that you are having to educate first-time home buyer clients on more than any other client? I think it's just the money amount. Okay. So, you know, most seasoned buyers and sellers, they know what they need to bring to closing as far as a down payment. Um, they know percentages, they know closing costs, and buyers think their closing costs are rolled into the loan. And I'm like, yeah. no, that is something you either have to bring right. or a seller concession helps to cover. Sure. Um, but they think it's all rolled in. So mm. it's just, you're starting from scratch. You know, you don't roll your cost into the loan. It's, you know, so it's just the money factor. So normally mm -hmm. I like to sit them aside before we even home search. And after they've talked to the lender to, you know, reevaluate, okay, this is what to expect to bring. And then sometimes that means buying's on hold because they don't have that money or sometimes they're ready to go. Do you find that having those conversations has become, I imagine it has, I mean, I, I know it has for myself, but it's become increasingly more difficult with the current interest rates and just money being more expensive. Um, I think it's always been about the same. Okay. Um, I think it was harder before okay. when, you know, everything was multiple, was, you know, receiving multiple offers because they did have their money set aside, but then we got into the situation where, you might have to overbid now. Well, how much money do I need? How much more money do I need? Um, so I think it's easier now because now we're not seeing as many, mm. you know, over asking offers. And so they just need the bare minimum. But before when everything was selling for 20,000 to 200,000 over asking, yeah. you know, it pushed them out of the market. It was like war back then. It was I, a war. I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't imagine being in your yeah. position. I mean, and we saw it just, agents were just constantly having to dive in there and fight and battle and just it was giving wild. Giving your firstborn. Um. Yeah. 
<laughs> Seriously, it was unbelievable. A trip to Cancun. What will it take to get this? I mean, just, I know. We'll there buy so you many furniture. Wild we'll out there, right? do a kitchen renovation. <laughs> Pay for your kids' college tuition. Yeah. <laughs> just that's what it felt insane like. Insane stuff. Yeah, we yeah. would see some crazy offers. Hmm. I even had one client offer. Um, he was a trainer. And uh, he's like a big muscle man. And he offered a free year of personal training. Oh, my goodness. He said, can I offer this in the contract? I'm like, you can offer whatever you want. Wow. That's wild. <laughs> Just wild stuff. I mean, if you can believe it, it was, yeah. Uh, groceries, ga prepaid gas cards for a year. Wow. Just that's nonsense. amazing. Yeah. So that's a good perspective because I think that a lot of people get caught up in money's expensive mm -hmm. and interest rates and all that, which historically not really. But to some extent, the money even kind of canceled out because a couple of years ago, yeah, money was cheaper, but the houses were going for $60,000 over, you know, yeah. asking price or even True. what they were worth. So yeah. it's almost the same. I mean, they do cancel each other out really. Yeah. But people don't see it that way. <laughs> right. What do you find most clients right now are focusing on? So I think a lot of people that wanted to sell before and kind of held off, they're maybe staying and just doing renovations. This is homes. the Evan York Podcast. And buyers, I feel like, are starting to come out, especially FHA and VA buyers. Like, there was really no hope for them almost a year right. ago when they were getting outbid because sellers were choosing conventional offers or all-cash deals. But um, I think like sellers right now, I think they're still selling. We still have short inventory. Mm -hmm. Even though we have a ton of houses on the market, we're still short inventory in different areas of what people are looking for. Yeah. So I still think it's important if they want to sell, put it on the market. As far as people doing renovations to their current homes, mm -hmm. you're involved in, in renovations and flipping, correct? We do. Mm -hmm. Okay. We don't do renovations for clients, but we okay. buy older homes or homes that need work and we put the work into them and then we resell them. Got it. Mm -hmm. Okay. How long are you, how long do you hold those homes for? It depends. So three months to six months. Okay. Just depending on what needs to be done. Yeah. How long have you guys done that for? So we started doing that about four years ago. Okay. Yeah. How's it been? Fun. <laughs> it's been yeah. a while. So we just sold one that took our longest. It was the biggest one that we've done, but it was a nightmare. Our first contractor moved to Florida, oh. left us hanging. So we thought, well, let's just turn around and resell it. So we tried to re-wholesale it ourselves. Somebody was going to buy it. Then they backed out. And then we were stuck with the property again. Oh, my goodness. So then we had to find a new contract. So stuff like that doesn't always happen, but it all happened yeah. on our last project. So Gosh. it was a nightmare. But most of them have been really smooth, really fun. Yeah. Um, I like that design. I like to pretend I'm Joanna Gaines yeah. on some days. And <laughs> my husband's Chip, but he's he's not Chip at all. <laughs> he's not that handy. So. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that show, but yeah. I felt like when that show came out, everyone wanted to get oh, into house everybody. flipping. Everyone yeah. thought that was the coolest thing. And so everyone did it. And they way underestimated the <laughs> oh, difficulty. Yeah. 
It looks so easy on TV. Sure. But I kind of grew up with that. My grand great grandfather built most. Uh, have you ever heard of Abernathy, Texas? I haven't. It's super small. It's by Lubbock. Okay. So yep. he built most of the houses in that town, and um, you know, my dad built his own house. So I kind of grew up seeing my family members build homes and put houses together and renovate houses. So I've always had a, a passion for all that. But yeah, yeah, it's very popular. Everyone has a show now. <laughs> Everyone does. Everyone has a show. What yeah. have you found with, I mean, the prices of materials and things? Has that adjusted or made an impact on the, the flipping business? I believe it has, but I also think the labor has made an impact because you know when construction when new builds were crazy they were short laborers right and i would hear you know our our plumbing guy left and he went to another because you know you go where the money's at sure so labor's gone up quite a bit so yeah. it is more expensive yeah do you guys have like contractors that you've had for years that work with you specifically we do mm -hmm. okay. so we have a plumber <laughs> and electrician it. and uh, we've got an HVAC person that we've worked with for years, and they'll tell us, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, pricing on this has gone up, so I have to charge you more, which I understand. So it's yeah. just the cost of doing business. It just has to morph and shift does, and change does, all the time. Yeah. Before we started talking, you work with some investors. Mm -hmm. Do you have investors that are doing the same thing, buying houses with you that are trying to flip them, or are they doing... I do. Hold or, so okay. I do have some clients that do the exact same thing. Got it. So I know their process. I know sure. when they're going to be ready to sell. I help them buy the house. I know what kind of money they're going to use. Yeah. Um, and then I also work with investors that buy land and okay. then they build duplexes on or Got it. they build multifamily yep. uh, projects on. So I do. And I know those take a little bit longer. Right. So I do. I work with both investors and then I also work with investors that just buy rentals okay and some that do them for Airbnb so yeah yeah that's a let's talk about that for a second because okay. Airbnb I feel like exploded over the last couple oh, years it's crazy. Uh, yeah. I, I lived in uh, in Phoenix for a few years okay and I saw I mean over the course of even two years, it went from a few Airbnbs that were mainly, you know, managed by a corporate company to everyone had an Airbnb. Everybody Scottsdale <laughs> blew up and then it was everywhere. What is that like? Are, are people still buying, you know, Airbnbs? Because uh, I know the cash flow is a little tricky right now and it's so mm -hmm. saturated, but do you still think that that's a viable business for people to get I into? I think so. I mean, I think it is right now. I think today they just passed where Dallas will charge the hotel tax on all Airbnbs. Okay, which I didn't see that. I think people will just pass it on to the renter. Sure. Um, but I do think it's huge. It's even huge in small towns because, you know, everybody's yeah. used to staying in a hotel, but it's fun to just stay somewhere different. So I think it is a big deal. I think it'll be around for a while. I, I know from just experience in staying some in some Airbnbs, mm -hmm. like it's definitely more affordable in most places. And it makes sense if you're traveling with two families. Oh, absolutely. Why would you want to stay in a hotel room with yeah. two beds? <laughs> and being able to cook and, and buy groceries and, and swim in the backyard if there's yep. a pool. It's just it's an experience. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Have you guys done any 
flips or and then held them as airbnbs no okay. we actually haven't held any of them oh yet. wow okay yeah which i would like to eventually yeah i just uh i haven't ever wanted to maintain a renter or yeah. you know it's just we're so busy i mm-hmm. just I know that's Don't out of mind, out of sight. You can get a company <laughs> to manage it for you, but we just have not done that yet. Yeah. And I know that we should because that creates generational wealth. Sure. Um, I was listening to a, I forgot who it was, an investor, and she was saying, buy your kids a house now. You know, buy them a house, treat it as a rental, and then when they're 18 years old, the prices of homes will be so much different that they can either sell it and take the equity and use it for college or their house or mm. you know their future right. or they can live in it and if the house costs you 250 grand now and it's six hundred thousand dollars by the time they're 18 then yeah. you've just basically created gener- generational wealth for them to have a house that will one day be paid off and yeah. they'll be debt free and if they don't want anything to do with it at all, right. then it's, you know, your retirement. Absolutely. So I thought, why didn't my parents do Yeah, that? what were you guys doing? Why didn't you buy me why a didn't house you buy a house? 20 grand right. back in 1970? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that is now worth like a million dollars. Right. The guy behind me uh, in my neighborhood, he bought his house. He's 94. He bought it for $8,000. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that so crazy? Unbelievable. I it's know. Just... I think my mom's parents bought their house for eleven grand, And today it's probably worth, I don't know, five eighty-eight, six yeah. hundred thousand. It's wild. Yeah. It's crazy. So that's an interesting subject because I've heard other – it's funny. I've heard agents say that same thing mm-hmm. about buying their kids a house. Right. Because they've just seen so much price adjustment over the last 10 Absolutely. years that they're thinking the same thing. And, and I think now we see it a lot. I mean, kids that are graduating from college, you know, 10 years ago that could get their way into a house are having a hard time now, especially if they want to live close to a metropolitan area. Home prices are at least half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. So buying your kids a house now that they could either move into or sell, I think, is a great idea. Yeah, it's just a good investment, I yeah. think. Let's go back to you being an agent here for a minute. Okay. Let's talk about kind of how you allocate your time. Because uh, I know being an agent is, it's a full-time gig. I mean, it's all day, seven days a week. How are you allocating your time on any given day and even maybe on the weekends to serve all of your clients well at the same time? So I'd like to say I'm one of those agents that wakes up, works out, eats breakfast, does call, like has a set schedule, but every day is completely different. Starts with coffee, ends with wine. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just kidding. But we have, there's so much in our day. Mm. I mean, I wish I had a 40-hour day some days. It just depends. Um, So we have three kids. We wake up, get them ready, take them to school. And then it's, you know, it's appointments. It's what do I have on the schedule for today? So you may have buyer's showings. You may have a listing appointment. Yeah. Yeah. you have prospecting ideas where you have to put pen to paper and try to create those and put those in action. Right. Um, it's just every day is different. There's some days where, honestly, it's an R&R day. You know, if you've had a rough week, it's a have lunch with a friend and go to a movie by yourself day. It's every day is different in real estate. Weekends are probably the busiest. Mm because that's when people are off work, everybody wants to see a house. Right. Um, so during the week, it's a lot of prospecting and you know making your calls, doing your showing appointments, doing your listing appointments. Um, 
Every day is different. Okay. I'd like to say I have a set schedule, but but it's kind of all over. I don't. Do <laughs> I'm you here have with you today? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you have days that you know are like your showing days, like days that? I know Saturday weekends are heavy showing days, but during weekends the week, are yeah. pretty heavy. But okay. weekdays, um, it's just different. Yeah. I've got people that work third shift, which work they work at night, like they're nurses, so wow. they work at yeah. night and they can only show during the day. Sure. So that works great for me. Yeah, uh, kids are in school. That's easy to schedule around. Um, and then I have people that you know nine to five Monday through Friday can only see houses on the weekend. So just trying to schedule them you know, in increments. Okay, yeah. I'll you in the morning, you in the afternoon. Right. Make it all fit. You can't have it all, just it. not at the same time. It's a puzzle. It's like, okay, you will go here and you right. will go there. <laughs> but it all ends up working out. Yeah. And luckily I have a partner, my okay. husband. So he steps in and, you know, if I need him, he's, he's there. You know, I think that sometimes real estate seems like such a glamorous deal. Oh, yeah. And so many <laughs> people come into the business thinking, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to be like one of these people on TV. Right. You know, make a million dollars and it's sexy and really cool. But right. once they get into it, they realize that maybe it's not that way. I mean, it can be, but it's it's a grind behind the scenes. Oh, it is. You know, w what's your take on that? How What do you say to those people that are thinking about getting into it or that maybe you're just starting about, hey, this is going to be really difficult but rewarding. Right. But here's what to expect. The same. So I get people that ask, you know, I've been, or they tell me, I really want to go into real estate. I think it would be so fun. I think I'd be good at it. Where do you, um, does your broker give you leads? Like, where do all your leads come from? Mm. Do, will they just give me those? And I'm like, no, not at all. Yeah. And your sphere of influence is only so big. Like, normally you run through that and, you know, putting your fills out. Who wants to buy a house? Who wants to sell a home? And sometimes they don't want to use you because you're so new. They right. have a friend who's been their realtor for 20 years. So basically just tell them you have to be innovative. You have got to be creative and mm. you've got to be resourceful on, you know, who you talk to, which circles you surround yourself with, um, thinking of ways to, you know, bring in buyers. And social media is a good one. It's it's free, 99. Yeah. If you have a good social media, you prospect on there, you remind people you're a real estate agent. Um, or, you know, just the different avenues of marketing. They just have to be creative. And I tell them that it's it's a hustle. It's, yeah. it's not easy. Treat it like a nine to five. Wake up early. Do everything that you can to have earned business that day before you fall right. asleep. Well, let's talk about social media for a second, because this is a question that I get all the time. And I feel like is such a hot topic right now. I mean, I, I think there's a big maybe a conversation that also needs to be had around vanity metrics of mm -hmm. people will say, oh my gosh, I got 12,000 impressions. Okay, well, what's the dollar amount that that equaled <laughs> in your pocket, right? Right. So how are you using social media? And then the follow-up to that is, is it working in terms of actually bringing you new business? So I feel like I could definitely be better with social media. I've never been great in front of video, so I should be doing more educational videos or, mm. you know, just um, hitting on what I do. But the way I use social media is kind of a reminder. I do put the bads and the goods on there about sure. real estate, but, you know, all your alkylates, like you post those yep. or you remind people that you're an agent. And the only reason right. I do that is because 
Um, I had a friend who also has a really good friend who's an agent. Okay. And I put stuff on about real estate stuff all the time. Even if it's not real estate related, it's, you know, the color of the year to paint your house or it's spring is coming. These plants survive Texas weather or just something corny but useful and educational at the same time and then stuff that also correlates with our flipping business um like double doors are a big thing with builders now um so i'll just post something stupid like if my next house doesn't have double doors i don't want it (laughs) you know and all these pictures of double doors well it's just you know that's what's in right now with builders so just anything anything related to real estate but I had a friend that used me as her agent she had a her good friend was really upset with her that she did not use her as the agent and she said honestly I forgot you were an agent I completely forgot you were a realtor wow and so just you know repetitive posting Mm -hmm. about real estate when someone does want to sell their house or they are looking to buy real estate Hopefully you're at the top of their mind. Hmm. So it's kind of just like a little subliminal message. <laughs> I yeah. sell real estate. Don't I'm forget here. about me. This is what I I'm do. Here. Yeah, exactly. I really like that. And do you think that the content matters as much as the frequency? Like does the quality have to match the quantity? I feel like it does. Yeah. I mean, I because some people just post a million times a million a times week. a day. And I think that's too much. Hmm. I mean, if it's on your realtor page, then yes, post it. But I don't do the business page and the personal. I just keep it all together. Yep. I am who I am. I, I like don't that. need separate pages to for you to know me. So I, I don't do it frequent, frequent, but I do think that there has to be some sort of substance sure. in my post. Okay. Yeah. And you mentioned a few things that you're posting. Is it mainly educational? Is it stuff that maybe people don't know or people need to be reminded of? Some stuff is like that. Some is just entertaining. Just funny. You know, like yesterday stuff. I saw this house go up for sale in Fort Worth and we flip a lot over there. So okay. I see this house every time I pass mm-hmm. it and it's basically a castle on a hill. And I always thought, I want to see what that house looks like. They have really good views. So it came up for sale. So I posted it. And I just basically put house on a hill. I've always loved the views of this home. And so it just, people like to see houses. If you're Mm -hmm. not a realtor, people always think it's such a fun job because we get to see houses inside and outside every day. And it's so exciting. And I think that's why people are gravitated towards HGTV and house hunters and all of those. And why people stumble into open houses. They're just curious. So I just think it's entertaining to actually see what that house looked like. Yeah. What's inside those walls. Um, so just something like that. It's like entertaining. It's kills the curiosity. Yeah. Um, or it could be educational. You know, when yeah. um, the homestead stuff comes around. Don't forget to follow your homestead. Just, right. oh, yeah, thanks. I just reminders. I forgot about that. Yeah. Do you find that certain... And I'm sure that you follow some real estate people out there, too. Mm-hmm. Do you find that certain platforms are working better for agents over others? Like, is Instagram better or LinkedIn or Facebook? Is it? I think Instagram and Facebook are probably still and TikTok. Um, I haven't. Uh, how do you say it? Perfected the TikTok yet, or gone that avenue. But I know that agents who do a bunch of TikTok videos and, you know, educational stuff on there, I think that they do 
get a return um because that's where all the young people yeah <laughs> but i think instagram and facebook are kind of where i've been spending most of your time yeah okay but yeah, TikTok will be next. <laughs> yeah. What do you feel like your edge is, Hannah, in the market and working with new clients, with investors, with first-time buyers? What's your differentiator that you've sort of developed over the years? I think my edge is, again, my lender background, just knowing the process, um, letting them trust the process. And again, with investors, knowing that process, just really experience education if there's something i don't know i either learn about it or you know dive into it so one thing i'm interested in in now is commercial real estate okay i know not much about it i would say let me help you find another agent for that because there's some stuff you just don't know everything sure but i feel like my edge is you know working with those groups that i mentioned i know a lot of that process you know i'm not good in commercial real estate but one day i would like to be i just i'm not there yeah (laughs) that's not my that's not my thing yeah um so just just being um knowledgeable is my edge right you know i don't fake fake it to make it like you know what you're doing yeah well i think that being able to actually know i like your last point because being able to know what you're talking about and have you know, some experience to back that up. Yeah. And just make it simple for people. Gosh, right. I, I find that so often. It's like people want to Wall Street talk clients and it's like, <laughs> gosh, if they just get it, if you can just yeah. plainly explain it to them, I mean, it's probably the biggest investment of their life. True. Let's make it simple so that they understand it and feel comfortable. Exactly. I agree. Hmm. Um, tell me a little bit about what you're seeing right now in terms of homes specifically? Like what are some of the things that maybe are some mistakes that sellers are making? Um, I see this a lot, like people not putting a fresh coat of paint on is really gonna hurt them or their houses are a mess. So, you know, like what are some of those things that you're seeing out there right now that maybe, you know, maybe we'll talk sellers specifically at first. So seller specific, I feel like a lot of sellers are still stuck in the market a year ago where their neighbor sold last year for X amount of dollars. So Mm. I would like to list my house for that same amount, which we're not in that same market. And so I think their ego kind of get gets hit when you show them current comps. Well, last month, your other neighbor sold for this amount, this amount, and this amount. Um, and they always think their house is the nicest, um, right. even though they may have taste from 20 years ago. So I think pricing their house mm-hmm. is is very important and it's just trying to you know not affect their ego by letting you know it has to be priced right right and i feel like a mistake that a lot of sellers are doing right now is they're still overpricing their home yeah and if you are going to overprice even if you're going to correctly price it i feel like it has to stand out it has to draw in some sort of attention it has to draw in a need you know i need that kitchen Mm. i need that office that office is so pretty you know it has to have some sort of um glam to it because now there there is more inventory and you want to be the first to sell in your neighborhood yeah so there has to be something 
they have to be updated. Right. Um, a year ago, it didn't matter if you even had a kitchen. Somebody right. just wanted the they walls. They just wanted to buy it. Yeah, they just wanted the house. Um, so now they do have to be a little bit more competitive. They yeah. have to realize that you might have to offer some seller concessions. You may have to be willing to come down off the price if it's sitting 30 days later. Yeah. So it's um, it's a it's a it's a rude awakening. It's hmm. we're not where we were. That was not normal. This is normal. This is normal. This is a normal market. How do you have those conversations with clients? I mean, how do you? Because are are you heavier on buy side or sell side? I do both. You I do buy both. and sell. So how do you have those conversations with people that want to list their house? against the a comp from a year ago that really want that amount of money mm-hmm. and they want you to list it at that high price but you know it's going to sit there for six months if they do that so if that's what they really want to do let's do it let's list it at that price mm-hmm. but if within 30 days you do not have an offer let's promise to revisit this and mm-hmm. kind of go back to what i showed you okay and that satisfies them. Yeah. If it doesn't sell, if it sells, great. That's awesome. Sure. If it doesn't, which in most cases it won't, right. then they'll know that I was not lying. Yeah. And um, it is what it is. That's just where the market, and some people won't know until they find out. Do you get pushback a lot when you try to get someone into a realistic price point? Sometimes, but I think most people kind of trust my opinion and trust the, the comps that I show them. Yeah. Because I don't just show them like a comp sheet. I'll actually pull up their listing and say, look at their kitchen. Like they have wow. you know, marble countertops. They right. have updated appliances. They have wood floors. You have carpet in your living room. You know, yeah. let's, which house would you rather live Right, in? exactly. Which are one you, would you pay more for? Yeah, and are you seeing people, sellers that are doing those renovations prior to listing? Now more than they maybe have before? I wish I was. A lot of people are just stating, well, let's just give a, a credit. Let's just mm. give a credit for the carpet. But, you know, I stress to them it would sell faster and it would photograph better and it would look right. better and show better if it was already done. Yeah. Um, people don't want to move into a construction site. No, they don't. I mean, and some people do. I mean, some People may come in and hate the floors that they put in and rip them out. So it's kind of like a catch-22. But um, they're just not doing them, and Mm. I wish that they would. I just saw a house the other day for sale in South Lake, and it's on two acres of land. They're selling it for $1.8 million. The house is super cool on the outside, but then they show the inside of the home, and it's so outdated oh. and it's been on the market for 180 days. Oh my gosh. And I thought, ah, oh, if they would have just put in new flooring and just updated the kitchen and painted the walls and put that money in there, they wouldn't have had to keep lowering their price. It would have already been sold. For probably a much higher price For point. a much higher price because it is such a cool house. But then I see that everywhere, even $300,000 houses and $500,000 houses you know, could have sold so much quicker, but they're not willing to do the updates. How much do you think, like what's the ratio between sales price and investment into a renovation? I mean, if that house in Southlake listed for 1.8 on two acres, sounds like a great property. Mm -hmm. If they put, I don't know, 60 grand into kitchen, flooring, all of that stuff, how much more do you feel like they could list that for? 
I feel like they could have gotten their original purchase price or their list price, which I think they listed at $2 million. Oh, okay. Yeah, so a little goes a long way. Yeah, definitely worth that investment. Absolutely. That's an interesting point because I, I do think you're right that a year ago, two years ago, people just wanted the walls. They didn't care. Mm-hmm. They just wanted to buy the house. They just wanted the walls. Now they don't want a project or they're not projecting or they're not inclined to do a project. It's harder to do a project. It's more expensive to do a project. They just want a house that's ready to go. They don't want to be put out. They just want to get in their house. Yeah. So, yeah, I think a little goes a long way. I even have a friend who works for a builder. And so when you're building a house, you choose all of your options. So the previous buyer chose this crazy color on the outside this crazy brick okay it looks like giraffe brick <laughs> wow okay and so she so they backed out so now this house is it's in their inventory and she's had a ton of people say i would buy that house if you would paint hmm. the outside hmm. but the builder refuses so really? the size of the home would probably cost 10 grand to paint the outside and then they could have already sold it but they're not willing to to paint it to paint it <laughs> That's so it interesting. Just sits there. I'm like, just paint the house. Yeah, I'm sure you see that too with, you know, sellers and builders. They get so attached to their house, mm-hmm. even when they're trying to sell it. I know that they won't do something to move it because it's it's almost like a I don't know. It's like a strange identity thing. Right. They, it's like part of them. It's, you know, they they built it to be this way. Therefore, the next buyer has to leave it that way. Yeah. They get exactly. upset by changing it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yep, very true. They tore out my bushes. Or, yeah. You know, they drive back around after it's sold. I can't believe they tore out my bushes. Right. I, it's probably... It's not your house anymore. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they can do whatever they want. Right. You're probably... You, sometimes you probably feel like part-time therapist for a lot of clients, I imagine. Yeah. I think... Yeah, I think so. We're kind of like hairstylists yeah. <laughs> with the clients in our chair. Right. Yeah, I believe so. I mean, it is it is hard to let something go that was important to you, but the whole thing is you're letting it go. Like, give it to somebody else. Yeah. I've had some clients that won't take down their family photos. And mm. what am I going to look at when I wake up? Yeah. <laughs> the wall. Right. Yeah. Or, or at least take it down before house. showing. Yeah. So for first time home buyers, um, and well, not even just first time home buyers, but anybody right now that's looking for a home, you mm-hmm. know, you kind of talked about the sell side. What should buy side people be focusing on right now? Um, I think they should definitely focus on buying. A lot of people are going to wait till the rates come down. Mm-hmm. And then I basically just have to educate them if the rates fall back down what happened a year ago could possibly happen again so if you're waiting for the rates to come down so is everybody else sure and then what that's going to do is just drive the price back up or if the price stays the same you're going to be competing again with somebody else right now in the market because there is a little bit more inventory and people are afraid to buy because of the rates you could get in on some good deals, even with builders right now. They're giving away appliances. Oh, they're giving yeah. away huge concessions. They're paying your closing costs. Yep. They're offering the two one buy down. They're mm-hmm. offering so many things. And so are sellers. You know, they're offering to pay your closing costs. They're offering yeah. to buy your rate down. Um, if rates go down, those incentives will go away. So I just tell them if you really love a house now, 
buy it now mm-hmm. and refinance when the rates come down. And then you're not overpaying for your house like somebody else might be in six months. I think that more often than not, I see people regret not making a decision earlier, mm-hmm. trying to wait until home. Pr- I mean, we saw it a year ago. Oh, we're going to wait until home prices get down and things get you know less crazy. <laughs> okay, well then in, you know money becomes more expensive. Right. So okay, now I'm going to wait until interest rates go down. Okay, well then home prices are going to become more expensive. Right. So it you know again, I think it's a more of a it's kind of a short term mindset mm-hmm. equation. It's like well. Okay, over the next 10 years, you know, you're going to be okay on this place. Right. Right. Not right. just, we're not talking about the next year, <laughs> but over the next 10 years, you're going to be okay. Yeah, exactly. And I think for buyers right now, they're not having to settle. You know, a year ago, people just wanted a house. And I feel like a lot of people who bought a year ago maybe settled just because they won. You know, right. they outbid everybody, they won the house, but were they really thinking they were going to be happy there. And now there's things that, you know, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. But now buyers are not having to compete against other buyers. So they're not having to settle. They can actually take their time and choose the house that works for them. And then refinance. (laughs) Yeah. And then refinance (laughs) Refinance later. later. Yeah, Yeah. you can. So a few just kind of fun questions um, as we kind of get towards the end here. What are some things that you keep up to date with? What are some of the things that you like to read um, how do you, you know, in your professional life, get information on real estate world and then maybe personal life? I don't know if you're into self-help or what sort of <laughs> things do you like to read? Murder mysteries. I'm really? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, so I'm in my car all the time. So I do listen to Audible because I have no time to read a book. Actually, before I found Audible, it's been like 10 years since I read a book. But with like Audible now, you're in your car all the time. I read everything. I read um, Prince Harry stuff. I yeah. read Atomic Habits. Yep. I read um, just, I'm interested in so many things. Um, I like author, I do, I, every now and then I'll read a murder mystery. Just a bit, like I have to switch it up. Yeah. I get so bored. It's like Netflix, right? Like, you want to watch a comedy one day, you want to watch a horror the next. Yes. Um, but I do read like self-help stuff. Um, and then sometimes I don't listen to anything at all. I just sit in my car because Silence. you've got like ideas and you've got, or you have so many clients and we have kids and we have soccer and we have gymnastics and, you know, I have buyers, sellers, our flip houses, the contractor, I'm picking up supplies. Like sometimes your mind is just like somebody shaking a ball with like all these ideas in it and i just want to sit in silence in my car sometimes because that's when i feel like i can decompress and any other ideas that i have just come to me or Hmm. you know that's when i need to make my phone calls but if i do listen to anything um, i actually just downloaded the bible on my audible because shameless to say i've never read the complete bible and i've only read like you know, different books out of it. And I thought that's going to be on my list now. Like that's excellent. I would really like to read the Bible, but I have no time. So I'll just listen to it. Just listen to it. And it's on there and it sounds awesome. So that's that's on my list to do just because, you know, I feel like with the chaos and the craziness, like that is one thing that kind of brings me peace is, Mm. you know, just factoring God in everything that I do. Sometimes deals don't go through and you have a bad day and, at the end of the day, I feel like that's what keeps me sane. Well, I yeah. agree. I'm right there with you. I think that 
in this world of real estate, nothing really is very certain. No. And so that can be very anxiety causing when deals get all the way up until the day before they're done and then they, you know, someone backs out or they fall apart or something like that. And it's like, what do you have that's a certain in this business? So having that is yeah, a huge component. Definitely. Are there any other things that you use to sort of just calm down your brain, like get back to a just a calm, I mean, with kids and a family and like yeah. all the things that you said, soccer practice and clients, <laughs> like that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. So what else do you use to sort of kind of just chill other than quiet car rides? Do you have some sort of meditation <laughs> practice or? No, I don't. Um, I feel like working out helps. Um, we just got the tonal at yeah. our house, which is really okay. cool. So trying to hit the tonal and just stay like physically healthy um, as well as mentally healthy. But just to wind down, I mean, it's funny to say, but I actually love living in the chaos. I feel like when nothing's going on, like the ice storm that we just had or those yeah. days that we were all at home, I was going insane. Like uh, I'm not used to not doing anything. Right. So when that happens, everything in my world is not okay. Right. <laughs> like I've got to be doing I something. Have to do something. Yeah. So I'm real big in like, um, I like to build stuff too. Okay. And like, um, so there was these big square things at West Elm that they had um, in Legacy, Legacy West. Yeah. And I thought one day I was in there with my husband. I said, those are so cool. And the lady's like, well, this artist makes them. They're, um, I think he sells them like $1,000 a piece. And I was like, I could so make those. So the next day I went to Home Depot. Okay. <laughs> I bought all this stuff. And he called me from work. And he's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm in the garage. I'm making those square <laughs> things. And he's like, for real? So I like to do like stuff like that. Like yeah. if I see something cool, I like to make it. Or accent walls or you know i like to be a little bit handy so if there's like or i'm having a bad day i'll just go paint something or go build build something something or paint something go to one of our flip houses and redesign a room or yeah you know something like that that's great well i mean today everything's on your phone yeah so like getting into something that requires some dexterity yeah is huge it puts your mind into a whole different state it does yeah i love that though i just like if there's nothing going on, that's when I find chaos. I've got to be doing something. Are your kids interested in real estate? So they both are. So they actually go to our flips with us. And okay. They help us demo and, you know, we'll let them paint. My son's definitely not. He's a true, what are they called? Zil- what is he, a millennial or a zillennial? He's 15. Okay, probably what. Gen Z. Gen Z. He's okay. Gen Z. Um He's definitely not. He's into his girlfriend and too cool for school. But our yeah. daughters definitely are interested. They love design and fabrics and all that stuff. That's great yeah. getting them involved. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I think so too. One day, hopefully they'll do the same thing. Or they'll be doctors or... <laughs> Something completely different. Yeah. They can help me when I'm getting old. Replace my teeth when they yeah. fall out. <laughs> Become dentists. Yes. You need to be a dentist. You need to be a doctor. You be a hairstylist. That's great. Well, Hannah, where can people go to find you if they're interested in learning more about purchasing a home or maybe selling a home? Um, where, where can people go to find you and get in contact with you? So I am on Facebook as Hannah Wallace. Okay. Um, same with Instagram. Or we're under Job Properties. Um, I work for JPAR, so I'm hannahwallacerealestate.com. 
Perfect. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Hannah, thank you so much. Uh, I've learned a lot. I'm excited to stay in touch yeah, and uh, hopefully we can do this again soon. Thank you for having me. Thank you.